Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the Monday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and it is a, you know, typical early offseason, slow weekend stuff. Not much to talk about. The All-Star Game was a lot of good entertainment for Cleveland, and it appeared Cleveland showed out really well in hosting the event. Kind of cool how the NBA has tied in the top, you know, top 20, top 50, then now the top 75 into the time in Cleveland. Really cool event. Maybe they can come back for the top 100 in uh, 25 years, I guess. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But just a cool event. Don't think I didn't also hear prior to the National Anthem, somebody belt out, here we go, Brownies. Thought that was a hilarious um, little addition there. But Miles Garrett looked like he had a fun weekend. The celebrity game, plenty of your Cleveland Browns were on hand. And like I said, just seemed like a great overall event, a great showing for the city who has had, you know, Cleveland has had some great events running through uh, over the past five years or so. It's been it's been a great run for the city and uh, well represented. So hopefully you enjoyed that game. Um, just a reminder, I've been doing the mock drafts for Stephen Thomas. I have my last one stepping in for his daily mock experiment. Uh, experiment. Uh, that is um, uh, obviously live for you to find at the OBR today. That will be my last one. We did four mock drafts over the weekend. Then we're shifting to starting our defense coverage this week, so keep your eye out for that. We did an O-line podcast with Kyle Murphy over the weekend. Check that one out if you want thoughts from Kyle and myself on the Browns' offensive line, the future of it, and some big decisions that are looming. So, um, you know, for a Monday where we don't have a whole bunch to talk about, I wanted to check in with the division rival AFC Bengals, you know, AFC North, the Bengals in the AFC North after their Super Bowl loss. Just sort of get a feel for... How they uh, how they're handling it, where they're looking at in the future, and just a good conversation of of how it feels to come off a game that we hope the Cleveland Browns play in the next five years or so. And um, yeah, I wanted to get with Jake. Let's go and check this out, and I hope you enjoy the interview. I think it was really good. Jake, I think this is our second catch up here on uh, the OBR Film Breakdown. Man, I'm excited to have you. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Two Jakes back at it, doing it again. Well, one Jake season had a far better finish, even if it didn't go quite the way you uh, visioned it would it would end there or hoped it would end. I'm I'm curious, man, how you're feeling like the Browns got the divisional round against the Chiefs last year and it was a final possession loss, but not anywhere near the amount of stomach turning fashion that you guys dealt with in the Super Bowl. So just curious, you're step back a week a week away from it, your kind of state of the Bengals right now. I was at the game. Nice. I was having a great time until I wasn't, <laughs> man. I'll tell you yeah. what. Uh, actually, I was pretty stressed the entire game. I, I never really felt very comfortable. The Bengals kind of were playing out the way they've played out in the playoffs where they needed a defensive stop. And I was stoked when they set up that fourth and goal from the eight-yard line. And then it wasn't a fourth and goal from the eight-yard line. And then I was still probably okay at that point even. But... Obviously, from second and one, the Bengals failed to gain another yard in the game, and that's where it was. So it's a disappointing loss for the Bengals. It's a disappointing loss for their fans to go to 0-3 in the Super Bowl is not a comfortable place to be. But 
to go to the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's second year with a boatload of cap space, with a young team. I think I've seen fourth youngest team in Super Bowl history or something like that. There are obvious spots for improvement. I think there's a very obvious offseason plan. And you hope they can get back. But the reality is the AFC is just stacked. And so even if they are a better team next year, they need to catch another extraordinary run of health. They had some turnover luck in the playoffs, and it's just hard. It's hard to get back. There are a lot of great quarterbacks that have made it early in their career, not been back. There are a lot of great coaches that have made it and not been back. You know, there's been 56 Super Bowls, only 25 head coaches have been to more than one Super Bowl as a head coach. Did not know that. That's kind there of mind blowing. Yeah. It's, it's, you feel like the NFL has been around forever, but you only have a limited quantity of these games. And there are some people who have figured this thing out. That's kind of where I'm going to go with this is, is I'll first ask this question about Joe, and then we'll get to another question about Joe, which is a, a little on the funnier side. How confident, like one to 10 it for me, how confident were you that at least three points were getting put up on the board on that last drive? I would say, especially after the first little completion to Jamar Chase and they got all those yards after catch, I mean, eight out of 10. I mean, they're borderline in Evan McPherson field goal range when they choose to go for it on fourth down because pregame he was hitting from 60. And so they were really, really close. I think that they got a bad spot on third down. That's neither here nor there, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The The yeah. second and third down sequence was rough. And obviously the fourth down didn't go ideally, but you could see the idea on third and fourth down, at least, you know, Zach Taylor said he was trying to go win the game. I was pretty confident though. I was confident they would find the quick game. They've always found it when they needed it. He had the clutch gene all year and played one of his worst games of the season, quite frankly, in the Super Bowl. was rattled by the pressure and not as accurate as he normally was. I don't think he was processing as well as he normally does. And I don't think the Rams really did anything special to cause that. I think they just have a really talented group of pass rushers and the Bengals in the second half could not pass block for their lives. And, you know, I wonder why they didn't run any screens for the entire game, why the play action game was absent. But those are questions for another day. We'll we'll do that in a little bit here. A couple, couple things that were interesting to me. How, how, were you really surprised or was this a normal thing for Cincinnati that people are kind of hanging on to the final drive? No, Joe Mixon. Was there a reason for that? What What's that? Joe Mixon was having an up and down game as a pa- pass blocker. Okay. The Bengals like Samaj P. Ryan more as a pass blocker for okay. better or for worse. And I, I don't personally think that there is an appreciable enough difference between those two guys to take Joe Mixon off the field. I was sitting there in the stands and, on even on the successful plays earlier in the drive, I'm like, why isn't Joe Mixon in? Mm-hmm. I get that, you know, he he whiffed on trying to cut a blitzer early in the game. He also had a good enough pickup earlier in the game. So I don't know. They they liked Pirai more as a pass blocker. And according to Zach Taylor's press conference yesterday, he was late getting the play in on third down. Mm-hmm. And so even if they wanted to make the substitution, yeah, they didn't feel like they had enough time to do it. So that little bit of it is on Taylor and that was a problem for him. I think at times throughout the playoffs. So I'm sure that will be something that he takes away to work on. It's getting the play in faster. It came up a few times in the playoff run. And so 
Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how that is for him next year. The fourth down play looks like they're running slant flat and, and, and a form of it out of, uh, out of gun there. And, you know, I'm sure you've watched it a hundred times by now, but just, it just looked to me like the curl flat played it perfectly kind of baited Joe into thinking that the, uh, he was going to chase the flat and jumps the kind of drops into that window, jumps the slant just to make him hold on to it for a split second. And Aaron Donald had, had beat his guy. And that was kind of that as, as yeah, I haven't really watched the all 22, but that's what I in real time and some quick replays after the game noticed. Is that sort of what went down on fourth and one there? There were a couple of times they ran that sort of concept with a slant sit or a slant flat and uh, well, slant, 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 sit flat, man, that's hard to say. Um, the, and I think the early fourth down on the first drive of the game, they go for it on like the 49 or whatever. Joe throws it to the, to the slant, the slant sit Jamar chase and the linebackers reading it the whole way. He doesn't see that T Higgins is wide open in the flat on that side of the field for an easy first down. Similar thing happens here. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what Joe saw or didn't see there. Yeah. Didn't like the flat though. Um, has often thrown the slant on the dragon concepts this year. Uh, I, I'm sure he's looking at a couple of plays in this game. And this is one of them where he's thinking, didn't see that right. And the other thing that this makes me think of is I know it's Aaron Donald and I know not many people are blocking Aaron Donald for three seconds, but Quentin Spain got beat right away as my Twitter friend and real life friend, Mike uh, pointed out, you can't get beat outside when you have the center's help on the inside. Yeah. So even if you have to overset, don't get beat outside. And Aaron Donald makes us very, very challenging, but Quentin Spain lost to the outside immediately. Didn't he? I don't even know if he got hands on Donald on the play. And uh, not much, not much. Yeah. So, so Burrow has no chance to work backside anyway, but you know, my, my comment to JT O'Sullivan, when I went and watched this QB school breakdown of, of Joe Burrow's game was, man, imagine this guy in an offense where he can actually take five step drops and actually work backside and actually yeah. take seven step drops and actually play r- run play action with his back to the line of scrimmage and, and not get a sacked as soon as he finishes that drop back, because people have been really critical of Zach Taylor. And I know this isn't what you asked, but people have been really critical of Zach Taylor's play calling. And I've watched this, these playoffs and I see a guy with his both hands tied behind his back. He, he has such a limited selection of the playbook he can call because the Bengals can't drop, can't block a three-step drop right now. And so the offensive line obviously has to get much better. I think Zach Taylor needs to get better too, but I have a hard time going all in on his play calling when they can't even block quick games. So, mm-hmm. you know. There are a lot of things, obviously, packed up uh, that that play is a microcosm of. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, you can deduce uh, what I'm going to say here. I don't think I have to really say it. The similar stuff is said about Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland about play calling, playbook usage. But the line isn't the problem. It's something else that are keeping the hands tied. So, again, I don't think I have to delve into who that is or why it happened. But it's uh, a similar sentiment that you're saying there where, you know, I think in my mind when you're saying that, my, I'm thinking of, boy, as a quarterback, a guy who used to try to play quarterback back in the day, like to be exposed to what Joe's being exposed to uh, and the way he's being exposed to it early, which is the hardest elements of the position where your mind knows that I got to process this quickly. I got to get the ball out or the pocket maneuverability things that he's being forced to do. Now uh, he's showing he can do them and still excel, but as the game slows down for him mentally, which it will more exposure, more reps at this level. And then the line improves that is as a Browns fan and a believer in Joe Burrow, as I am a scary thing. It's a really scary thing. I think it, it could it could ultimately work in his favor, as frustrating as what happened in the Super Bowl is and some of these elements, but I think it could work in his favor. I'll throw this funny little stat at you too, um, just to just to <laughs> just to get a chuckle out of it. There have been 16 quarterbacks in the um I don't know if this is recent, if there's a year that it's after, uh, but it, it, it that have debuted in the Super Bowl that have then lost that debut. None of them have gone back to the Super Bowl. So it's as the starter, as the caveats, comes from CBS Sports. Hmm. You want to hear the list? These are some yeah, names. Let's, let's hear the names. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's on the cusp this year. So, you know, Jimmy G, we know what he is. We know what he's limited to and, and all that. Jared Goff, another guy, similar scheme carry guy. Matt Ryan, MVP year, never been back. Cam Newton, is that also an MVP year for Cam? I think it was. I think it yeah, was. The, the year that they went, I, I believe that was his MVP. Year. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick, Rex Grossman, Matt Hasselbeck, Donovan McNabb, Jake DeLome, former Brown, Rich Gannon, Kerry Collins, Steve McNair, Chris Chandler, Drew Bledsoe, Neil O'Donnell, and Stan Humphrey. So a wide range of skill in there. But uh, the, the, the data that Joe has to break here is still... The data and you know Joe kind of thrives on those sorts of things. I, I think if you were to say, "Hey, what's the uh, what's the betting line on Joe Burrow returning to a Super Bowl in his NFL career?" I would uh, I would feel like most people would bet on the side of Joe returning at some point. So how how confident are you in growth? As Joe's, you know, he's not super young. He's he's a little older. How how much more growth do you feel is there for him? I mean, he's twenty five. Is that mm-hmm. older now? I mean, it's, he's, he's a couple years in some guys come in younger than others. I guess it's kind of like on parts like Mayfield age. It's like, he's pro is he, he's, is Josh Allen 26 yet? I guess they're all kind yeah, of on he, the same, same spot there. He, he's younger than Allen. I, I get what you're saying in terms yeah. of with respect to the amount of years he's been in the NFL, he's yeah. relatively old, but I, I don't care. Oh yeah. Like, quarterback. I, is a different thing. Yeah, quarterback, especially modern quarterback. The concern for me is like, don't go the way of Andrew Luck. Don't ruin 
the mm-hmm. the psyche. Don't ruin the body. He he sprained his MCL on a play in the Super Bowl because he couldn't block, and he got bent funny under Aaron Donald. And they they need to fix the offensive line. But if you're asking me how confident am I that Joe Burrow is going to get back to a Super Bowl, if you're giving me any time Super Bowl odds mm-hmm. on Joe Burrow's career, I'm I'm betting on it because I'm betting on the guy. And and this team was deeply deeply flawed in my opinion and they still made it to the super bowl people still have questions about zach taylor fresh off his four-year extension i mean i would i would wager that your listeners browns fans are pretty happy that he got a four-year extension through 2026 i I think i think people are a little i don't know i mean some some there's some smart alex on the side of this but like i think that most browns fans are sort of just uh in between on Zach, right? You can't really argue. We, I, it doesn't come up a, a bunch. I, no. I think he's fine. He's, he's learning. He's young. He's young, yep. extremely young. How old is Zach? Is he in his mid thirties? I think he's 38, but I might be confusing him with Brian Callahan and okay. I might be insulting both of them. So yeah. I hope yeah. I'm right about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's extremely young. He's, he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to, to still get better at just like all these guys do. You know, that's the thing. The core in Cincinnati is really strong and yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think the, the Browns, I will say this, and I don't know whether they meant to do it or not, but the way they've structured picking players for their defense, it's really geared toward how they handle Cincinnati because I think a lot of people thought how how the Browns went about some of the young guys on their roster. And I'm not trying to talk about the Browns, but like Cincinnati is the blueprint for offense right now, right? You 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 maybe don't have to spend a ton of cap on O-line, but if you can create big plays like explosives, that's what Cincinnati, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That's what they did. And Cleveland's kind of geared toward trying to defend that, right? With spending on corners and investing at there at that spot and trying to get coverage linebackers, things like that. So it's an interesting battle. I, I'm just sort of like as the next phase of the Bengals, you know, I I people will joke around and be like, oh, you spend every single pick on offensive line and i'm sure you guys are going to go after you know the important you know, toronto armstead or, or i'm let it they're going to go they're going to go after people that matter to make this window of joe's rookie contract matter so is it is it do you think they're ready to go back like is it a window here that's wide open or do they need to fix some things that you think the big plays may be overshadowed or some breaks in your favor overshadowed. Like what has to get better? We know the offensive line, but what other elements in your opinion have to get better for the group? Yeah. I don't think that they can run back the same team and expect to get the same result. I think that they got the result. You can win that way. And I don't remember who was talking about this. I think it was one of the PFF guys because, because some ESPN guys said, you can't win this way. You can't win taking 70 sacks in the season. The Bengals almost won taking 70 sacks in a season. Yeah. And so you can, it's just really hard. And, and it, it lowers your likelihood of doing that, of making that something that you can do on a regular basis. It's just not likely. And, and so, yeah, the offensive line is, is priority one through four and they, they need to, I, I would be open to five new starters. Really? I don't think okay. they'll go that radically. And I think that some of the players are okay, fine players, but I just think that the unit as a whole needs to be much better. I think Joe also needs to be a little bit better under pressure and he's kind of up and down with it. At times he looks fantastic and other times he takes sacks. He shouldn't, but beyond that, because that's what you asked. I think that another corner, I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball, another corner, another pass rusher, Larry Ogunjobi was fine. He's streaky. You guys know that uh, they, they missed the Geno Atkins type. The Geno Atkins type is rare. There's like, four of them 
in the NFL. Yeah. Maybe five. Yeah. There, there aren't many, but the penetrating three tech that can create havoc that can put, provide a little bit more of a consistent pass rush up the middle. I think that getting Joseph Osai back will be helpful, but we don't really know what he is. We only saw him in the one preseason game, really excited for him, but adding to the pass rush and adding a corner. Are, are, are the spots I'm looking on defense on the offense. It, it's really, you feel good about the weapons. Maybe you dabble in the tight end market because it's just so loaded this year. Uh, but it, it really, for me comes back to the offensive line again. And again, the core is great. The core of wide receivers, quarterback, running backs, linebackers, defensive backs, and even defensive line with Trey Hendricks and DJ reader, Sam Hubbard is all there. Mm-hmm. They just need to continue to add talent. I think to, to that side of the ball on defense, specifically with with pass rushers and somebody to replace Eli Apple. And then on offense, it's just, like I said, offensive line over and over. Over and over. Sounds similar to what Cleveland's going to try to do with wide receiver. We will touch base with Jake another time, uh, maybe in this offseason, as we lead up to the season with our AFC North. Um, you know, we try to expand around the around the division and get a feel for everybody. But it was a fun run, even as a someone covering the Cleveland Browns and a fan of the Cleveland Browns at heart. It was It was cool to see. Joe, who I've supported forever uh, as an Ohio guy and all of that and make a run at it. It's uh, it's, it sucks. It didn't work out, man, but a bright future for the Bengals, Jake. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thanks, man. It should be at least fun in the AFC North. Should be. Should be really fun. We'll hope Pittsburgh just floats out in left field and they can't figure out that. uh, Yeah, exactly. What's that team? Keep those guys out of here. We'll deal with Baltimore. We'll take them out and then it'll be a Cleveland. It'll be an I-71 battle for for the foreseeable future so we'll see so you Fingers crossed. so you so, hope so i do hope there's no doubt man thanks again thanks man thanks for checking out today's monday obr quick hitter on the film breakdown podcast here check out our defensive coverage this week starting with defensive line fred greetham has a fantastic start to the week with his analysis of the position check that out and we will get into some great conversation about key decisions on free agents draft prospects and um you know whether they're going to keep Clowney whether they're not the Albert Breer quote about Clowney all of that will come up as we analyze an important spot especially making over defensive tackle and all of the concerns that come with defensive tackle so like I said check that out as this week starts and my last OBR daily mock uh, piece that went up with some different picks a different approach so hope you guys enjoyed have a great Monday everybody thanks for checking in on today's podcast and go Browns.